Navigating today's real estate market can be tricky. Want to buy a house, sell a house, stuck with a house and don't know what to do? Get the professional help you need. This is Florida Talk Real Estate with Jim DePola. Call our team of experts now, 1-877-927-6969. This is Real Radio. It sure is a good Saturday morning to you. Welcome to another edition of Florida Talk Real Estate. We got you for two hours of infotainment. That's right. We'll take you till 11, and you're welcome to join the program toll-free at 877-927-6969. I'm your boy, Johnny C., your air traffic control. Good Saturday morning to you. Let's get your starting lineup on a Saturday morning. I always can look over on my screen right here. There he is. There's my guy, Jimmy D., with Keller Williams Preferred Partners. They're a top-producing Keller Williams team he's got there. Hello, Jim DePaul. Jimmy D. Hey, Johnny. How you doing today? Fantastic, buddy. Nice to see you as always. Oh, man. Uh, it was so nice driving in today. I don't know why, but that sun looked uh, super enticing today. It was uh, just like a really nice day coming over here. Uh, beach day? Is that what you're saying? Beach day? I don't have time. I've got so many listing appointments, to, uh, buyer's appointments today that at the office, I probably won't be out of here until 7 o'clock tonight. All right. Well, if you go to the beach today, <laughs> think, of, think of Jim DiPolo for sure. Yeah, that's Let's, what I want to do is tell everybody to do that. Exactly there you go. Right. <laughs> Let's keep going around the horn here. We got the mortgage guy from the mortgage firm. There's our friend Mike Rao. Good morning. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning, South Florida. And don't forget, one of the benefits of living here is all you really got to do is keep a set of swim trunks or you know swimsuit in your in your car, and you can go to the beach whenever you want. Right? Or, you, or you could or you could be like Hot Ross and just wear those shorts all day long and you just go whenever you want to go. Yeah. That's the way Ross well, That's rolls. what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. And, and Mike, keep a fishing pole with you too. Then you can open carry. It's a beautiful Yeah, day. there you go. You can <laughs> yeah. fish. Fish yeah. off one side. Fish in one yeah. hand. You know, right. you're at the yeah. beach in the other. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we heard the melodious tones of Ross Camaronettes from Brightway Insurance, Juno Beach. Let's say good morning. Hey, Ross. Good morning. Good morning. Hey Ross, good morning. Good morning. Hey, uh, did you guys see that uh, that video of the of uh, the Coast Guards guys shooting those sharks while the people were swimming in the water? Speaking of that, did you guys see that? Yeah, that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty wild, if, right? If, if you haven't seen it, you can check out the Love Doctors page at realradio921.com. It's there. For That's you. where I saw it. Thank you, Johnny. That's exactly <laughs> where I saw it. Hey, but um, what I didn't get in that video was, did they actually shoot the shark or they just kept it away? Like, I know they were trying to shoot it, but did they actually hit it? Because I didn't ever see any blood. I just saw the bullets going into the water. Yeah, I think it was more um, trying to pers- persuade the shark to go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was pretty wild watching that. That was pretty did it, wild. Did it work? Uh, well, well they, they pretty much got everybody out of the water when that shark was around. They were trying to keep it at bay so they could get everybody out of the water. They're out uh, swimming in the middle of the Pacific, a bunch of coasties. Were they uh, Were they using rubber bullets, maybe? I don't less think so. Than, less than lethal. Less than lethal? Ask the right. shark. If I, if I get a chance to ask him. Call us in, shark, 877 It does make me think, like, does a, does a shark respond to, like, you know, shots fired across the bow type of uh, activity? Like, what's the shark experiencing there? Just some whizzing by it or something? <laughs> yeah, he's probably going, what the hell? Right. What's that noise? <laughs> I know, right? Ooh. So uh, um, I wanted to give a, uh, a different kind of shout out today uh, to a company that really helped me, me and my company out this week. Uh, but also, uh, it's also related to c- computer porn, Johnny. <laughs> oh, you got Jimothy's attention. What? I got a shout out about computer <laughs> porn, right? So, but but this is these dates are like. Is there any other kind? 
2020. Hold on a second. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Oh, you do have to have, if the hurricanes are coming, you got to have plenty of print porn. I mean, that's just tried and true rule. One of my, one of my children the other day was wearing a little uh, t-shirt with, with the playboy bunny on it. I'm like, do you know what that is? She's like, yeah, it's playboy bunny. I said, and, and that that was it. That was, that was the depth of her knowledge on that. Okay. All right. I guess you don't know what that represents. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> oh, my God. So um, the shout-out goes out to Experimax. Um, uh, Johnny, I know you're big fans of this company also. Um, uh, the Muir, the Muir father and son team. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, long-time, uh, uh, long-time uh, partner at Real Radio, for sure. That's right. And uh, that's kind of how I found out about them. And I love this company. I I've been using them for years and years. So, uh you know, one of the things about Apple products, and I'm a big Apple guy, so Mike's going to make fun of me about this because uh, he's the wonky PC guy. Um, but uh, with the Apples, uh, they're very expensive compared to regular computer equipment, but they last a, a long time. So um, oh, geez. I needed to get a new computer because what we're trying to do is we're trying to set it up where we could do Facebook and YouTube live at the same time. Right now, we're just on Facebook, right? But we're Come trying on, to get yeah, it both. This show is all about honesty and upfront and integrity. So what do you really need a new computer for? I thought your old one broke. No. Oh, well, yeah, I dropped it. Yeah, I dropped it. Ah. So it was irreparable. So I brought it over to Experimac. They go, look, it isn't worth uh, rebuilding this thing. Uh, so I didn't want to buy a new computer, but I ended up uh, having to because the Muir uh, family from Experimax, uh, they broke down everything and said, let us try to build you the perfect computer of what you need. And when they broke down all the costs for me, they were like, uh, in this case, Jim, if I were you, I would buy the new computer. And I love that about that company because they're they're kind of operate on the same principle that the one one stop real estate shop is do what's good for the customer. And it'll always come back to you over time. So I went out and bought this super duper computer. Now we're going to get to the computer form, right? So I go, I buy this super duper computer and then I have to bring it over to Experimax because um, while they couldn't uh, provide me the computer, they did agree to transfer all the information over. And of course, I'm going to buy some accessories from them and everything as a thank you. So uh, I went over there and I brought the UPS box or whatever, the Amazon box and brought it over there. I go, here's the new computer. I want you to change everything out. So the guy goes, you didn't even open it out of the box yet? And I'm like, no. And he goes, you know, with this type of computer, most people want to open up the box. And, and I'm thinking to myself, it looks just like my old computer. You can't tell any difference of what it looks like. It's a computer, right? So anyway, the guy yells out, hey, if you want to see the newest um, Mac, MacBook Pro or whatever it's called with all the gadgets come on out. So like three or four guys come out of these techie guys come out and they're like, Ooh, ah, and they're <laughs> talking about all the features. This has an eight core processor. Oh my God. Right. So then um, I said, yeah, I hope this computer is strong enough that I could do YouTube and Facebook. That's why I bought it. And one of the guy goes, well, you know, real techie guy. Right. And he's like, well, do you have at least like 32 bits of gram or whatever it's called? And the owner said 64 bits, and everybody went, ah. So that's my computer porn story. This is my computer porn for the for the guys. It was kind of funny. So thank you, it's Baramac. Uh, what a great company. Um, um, I've bought iPhones and iPads and all kinds of things from them over the years. And if you want a really good deal, or if your computer breaks or something, or you break your screen or something, they're a great company to go over to. And take care of it. They have multiple locations. My favorite's the one on Sansbury Road. Um, 
over in West Palm Beach. So thank you so much, Asperamax, and uh, hope you stay around for a long, long time. How yeah, many uh, yeah. How many gigawatts did it have, Jim? <laughs> I have no idea. Like, yeah, I know I how many it has. Uh, <laughs> 1.21. <laughs> yeah, somebody, Terry, Terry from Facebook, thank you. It's like gigs, not bits. <laughs> so everybody's Jim, making Jim's got 32 make bits, 30, 32 bits of RAM. <laughs> 32 bits of RAM. Yeah, there you go. gigawatts. <laughs> 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 there you go, Timothy. <laughs> yeah, I am not a techie person. Uh, Mike is the techie person. Anytime you have questions, he used to be um, a software writer, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, now they're making real fun of me. Flux capacitor. Somebody's typing that- in flux capacitor now. <laughs> <laughs> they got they got the one point twenty one gigawatt reference. They, they did. did. They did. Uh-huh. You heard Doctor Ross got it or not? Yeah. Ross, did you get it? I, I I understood it. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Did we go back to nineteen eighty five? Yeah, well, we could go back a little tiny far, farther and use Johnny's favorite line, 220, 221, whatever it takes. Whatever That's it takes. Mr. Mom from 1981 or something. We could go back a little bit farther. I love it. <laughs> With the I've references. seen that movie. I don't remember that line. What's What was the reference on that line? Oh, that's when the boss that was hitting on the wife was um, at the house and the guy was doing so he, he was acting like he was doing construction because he was unemployed, embarrassed that he was unemployed. So he was saying, uh, what kind of uh, electrical line are you putting in the house? And he said, uh, 220, 221, whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah, whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah, whatever it takes, whatever. So anyway, yeah, I'm old. Okay, we've established that now, 1981, Mr. Mom. <laughs> that was on the other day. I was it really? it, yeah. I does, like it, does it hold up, Ross? Yeah, did it hold up at all? I, I mean, I still like it. I like all those old movies. Yeah, me too. I do and like those old movies. I can see. The, uh, what was that one? Multiplicity or something like that, where it made like yeah, mul- yeah, um, of himself. Yeah, cloned them. Yeah, they cloned them. Yeah. yeah, was yeah. it like a, like a Michael Keaton's? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, was it a Michael Keaton marathon or something that was happening? I don't know. I just saw the Mr. Mom. I didn't see the other. I, I like Mr. Mom and Gung Ho. Remember Gung Ho? Yeah. The Great Japanese video. auto company taking over the world when Japan was <laughs> to take over everything in America. Remember back then? So now good. it's China, right? Now we're all worried about China before it was Japan. Oh, Japan's going to take all us over, that little tiny island, right? They're going to take us all over. It's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right? So um, anyway, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we're going to do a couple of shout outs. Um, um, and we got so much to talk about what's happening to market guys. So these are some of the topics we're going to try to get to. We're going to talk about mortgage rates because we're almost at record lows again. Um, applications are up in mortgage. Uh, applications are sky high. Single family home prices going sky high. Uh, that, that, that's the good side. The flip side is uh, we're losing more. We're still losing a million people a week uh, or applying for unemployment. This is 22 out of 23 weeks. We have a million people a week newly applying for unemployment. We're up to 23 million now. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about insurance. Um, There's a forbearance program, Ross, that I didn't know about related to um, uh, mortgages when your house is damaged in an insurance claim. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit. And we're also going to talk, of course, a little bit about hurricane tips. And um, we're also going to talk about a lot. We're going to focus on buyers a lot today, guys. Uh, We're going to talk about bidding wars because let me tell you, Bidding wars are back. And uh, if you don't know how to negotiate a bidding war, if your agent doesn't know how to do that, uh, you're going to get creamed over and over and over again. So we're going to give you some tips on how to win a bidding war. And um, and buyers, 
buyers are changing their preference. It's almost like a light bulb switch of what they want. Remember how everybody wanted to be within walking distance of everything? About three years ago, four years ago, everything was about walking distance. So everybody wanted to be in urban areas. Uh, that's not really happening uh, now. It's kind of a light switch moment where everybody wants to live where Mike, Mike Rao lives. <laughs> uh, with an uh, acre of land and leave me alone kind of thing. And also the millennials, uh, there's an opportunity for millennials, even in this, um, we're having a little bit of an affordability crisis for millennials, but uh, there is a um, window of hope for first-time home buyer millennials uh, by actually looking at a different type of uh, housing, and that might work for them. So we got a lot to talk about, uh, but let's get into the shout outs first, if you don't mind. Let's Okay, so uh, Jimmy, oh, can I get can I get Jimmy to play a little sounder? Is that okay? Do you mind, Jimmy? Sure. You, it, makes, it makes me happy. Jimmy, can we get some shout outs, please? Sure. Shout, shout out. Shout, 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 shout out. Shout out, Jimmy. Shout out. Shout out. Um, just wanted to say good morning, Francis. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Bob. Uh, the people that were uh, just logging in and saying hello to us. I'm sorry, I'm up. Uh, uh, I have multiple screens because I only have one computer right now, so uh, I'm not a lot, I'm not typing in as much in Facebook. Okay, so um, some shout outs. So the first shout out goes to Matt and Heather. Um, they are going to be selling a really nice three bedroom, two bath home with a pool up in Stewart. Uh, we're going to be putting it on the market for three fifty nine, I think, next week. Um, house is uh, in very very condition, good condition. CBS home, uh, metal roof. Inside, really nicely updated, very nice open floor plan with the kitchen opening up to the family room. Uh, just overall, really nice, tight, very uh, well cared for home. Can't wait to put that on the market. And then Matt and Heather are going to be selling their home and then uh, using Mike and I and the team to help him find the new home that he wants to buy. He's actually going to be downsizing. Um, he's trying to, and this is very interesting, he called us up because a couple of weeks ago we had talked about um, people that might be struggling with their mortgages right now, that they can afford the, uh, barely afford the mortgage or feel that it's gonna be very tight and they don't like their job security or many other issues because of what's happening post, uh, I wanna say post COVID, but during COVID. Uh, so this guy wants to take advantage of the market where he feels that he's gonna be able to sell his house at a peak. And then um, even though he's not going to walk away with a lot of money from that, he wants to take advantage of the super low interest rates and then lock it into his longer term home. So uh, we've had a couple of consultations with Matt and Heather to make sure that was the right move for him. And then Mike got him pre-qualified for a loan, line, um, a loan and he's going to be using his Veterans Administration benefits. So Matt, thank you for your service and your family uh, for their service. And we can't wait to help them. Uh, get through all this transition and get him into the new home. Mike, uh, you had to do a little extra work on that one because um, he has a VA loan now, but he's going to be using a VA loan to buy the new house. So this is what I love about Mike. I wouldn't even never thought about this as the realtor because I just don't know enough. But Mike is so detail oriented that he had to double check something, right, Mike? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of veterans don't even know that you can use your VA loan multiple times. Um, and you have a certain amount of entitlement, they say, which is basically a certain amount of level of insurance coverage, right? VA essentially is acts as a, a mortgage insurance company for, for their loans. Huh. So you don't use all your entitlement unless you, you know, depending on the price that you purchased, you don't use all your entitlement initially the first time. So you can always 
use the remaining entitlement and own another home with the VA loan. But in this case, what we really want to do was get his entitlement restored. So once you actually terminate the existing VA loan, meaning you pay it off right, by selling the home or refinancing or whatever, you can actually restore that used portion of the entitlement uh, and you have your full entitlement again. So what I needed to know, because I, I don't know if I haven't done it before, I just didn't remember enough to be, to be sure, was when you're doing a simultaneous closing, you know, that existing VA loan really isn't paid off until after you've closed on the new home. Right. So it's a, it takes a couple of weeks for that that check to be you know sent out or and, and the payment process. So my question was, can you do a, you know, an instant entitlement restoration on a simultaneous closing? And the answer, uh, luckily, was yes, you can. So uh, he's going to be able to, to purchase the new one as a seller buyer, go from one VA loan to the new VA loan. And it's just assumed, you know, you, you have to put in the proper paperwork, but it's assumed that that entitlement gets restored. So does that mean the the when you use the word entitlement, there's a you can use a certain amount of money? Is that based on years of service? How, how does that work out? No, it's you're you're eligible or not with VA. Uh, so if you weren't you know dishonorably discharged, if you served you know uh, whatever you were meant to, even if it was just one stint, then you're you're most likely eligible if you were a military veteran. So the entitlement is just they they say it's thirty six thousand dollars, but it's actually that times four huh. and and VA insures 25% of the loan. So just as an e easy example, if you were buying, getting a hundred thousand dollar loan, VA is insuring $25,000 of that. And so you've used 25,000 of your entitlement, right? And they say the entitlement is 36,000. It's actually four times that. So you've used 25,000 of 146, $144,000. Right. So if you've only used, you know, 20, 20, what I say, 25,000 of it, then you have the remaining 111,000 to use on another home. And so, as long as, as long as you don't, uh, if, and if you pay off the existing loan, then the hundred percent of the entitlements available. And you have to do your lender, whoever you're working with is going to do, uh, an entitlement restoration, which basically says, Hey, we've terminated this VA loan. Let's get the full entitlement again. Man, that's phenomenal. And that even, yeah. like, I, I think a lot of people might not even realize it. Like, that includes, like, um, uh, Reserve, right? And National Guard. Am I wrong? Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. 100%. Yeah. Yep. So all the all the major branches, um, you know, including the Coast Guard and then also the Reserves on, on any of those and National Guard. So the, oh, excellent. you know, the, the eligibility is a little bit different for uh, Reserve and National Guard members. So the time in that you had to that you had to be active um, or in the reserve position was, is a little bit different, but best thing to do, if you're curious about it, you can just talk to me and I'll tell you in you know five minutes, whether you're, you're eligible or not. Heck yeah. Go to floridatalkrealestate.com. Yeah. You can check it out on Facebook as well. Florida talk real estate, where we are live every Saturday on Facebook. When we're on the radio, join us. Florida Talk Real Estate Facebook page. And remember, you can always call the hotline, your one-stop real estate shop. You'll find this information at floridatalkrealestate.com. It's 888-973-7828. Even if it's just simply, I need to talk to Mike Rao, the mortgage guy from the mortgage firm, to see what my VA benefits are. It's that simple. Go to floridatalkrealestate.com. I love when Mike works with VA uh, people specifically. And, you know, there's all those other companies that advertise on TV that are uh, pretty well known that um, talk about how well they treat their vets. And um, I can just tell you that I haven't had really great experiences with those companies in the past.
when my buyers have used them. And I'm, I'm being very honest about that. And I'm not trying to pick on anybody. But the thing that bothers me most about some of those companies is that they make it sound like in their names that they're actually part of the government. And it's almost like they and, and a lot of uh, a lot of um, uh, people that uh, work with that company and companies like that really think that it's an arm of the federal government. And it's not. Mike's the real deal. Uh, he goes through everything. We just gave a great example of like if a if a loan officer or mortgage broker doesn't really understand uh, VA financing in the depth that Mike does. Um, he might have not have known about the restoration of VA benefits uh, when you're trying to do what's called a simultaneous close, uh, the whole seller buyer thing. So you got to give us a call. It's, uh, we're one phone call away. Well, and Jim, and I think you just highlighted too that there's enough caring to say, well, you know what? I, I think we might be able to do something. Let me investigate a little further. There's not like, a, well, we can't do anything and just hang up the phone. There was a, yeah, let me see what we can do. And Mike's, you know, taking his valuable time to do the extra work to be like, yeah, we can do this simultaneously. This is beautiful. That's off, Mike Brown. Thank you. It, it's one of those things where, I, I mean, we would have gotten lucky in the end and, and it would have been fine. But somebody at some level would have said, hey, wait a second. When is this existing VA loan being paid off? How are we instor- or restoring the entitlement? And so somebody would have caught it at any company throughout the loan process. But what if I had investigated and said, no, wait a second, we got to wait three weeks, right? Or we got to wait two weeks or whatever. And uh, so, you know, part of my job is to just know as early as possible that we can actually do what we're, <laughs> right, what we're trying to do, right? Jim, before he, he lists and sells his home, let's make sure he can actually <laughs> get, in, get into this next home in a, in a timely manner. So I, pretty important. I, I actually had a pretty busy week this week, and we're going to be meeting with Matt and Heather. Uh, we're taking the photos on their house, I think, Monday or Tuesday of this week and getting the house on the market Thursday. And I haven't had a chance to talk to Mike much this week. So I was in a little bit of a paddock today. I'm like, hey, Mike, <laughs> I'm putting this guy's house on the market next Thursday. And, you know, we saw him fast and it's like, can he buy a house? Because I don't want to make the guy homeless, right? And Mike say, yeah, he could buy a house. I'm like, oh, yeah. thank God. Oh, luckily, luckily this time I had I had done all the work. And so I was I think I was able to pleasantly surprise Jim with. Yeah, we already we got a handle, Jim. You know, do your thing. You know? Like, what was Good I worried about? Hey, we had a question. I want to get to Scott. He's got a really good open house this week, but I want to get to Terry's uh, question from Facebook. She says, considering refi on a single family home primary residence, what is a typical percent to estimate for closing costs aside from points? Uh, and please talk about difference between 30 year and 15 year uh, rates, please. Um, so I was just wondering, first of all, when you try to uh, budget for closing costs, Mike, uh, on a refi, how do you, uh, you usually have formulas in your head that you give you rough estimates of where you're at? Um, yeah, I wish this were a quick answer. That's a, that's a pretty complex question, actually. Huh. Um, so no, I, I don't use a percentage when I'm estimating closing costs, simply because some of the fees that are closing costs, whether it's a purchase or refinance, are fixed and not, they don't scale with the purchase price or the loan amount, or, you know, in this case, in a refi. Uh, and I mean, it's only a couple of the costs that actually are, per, are percentage-based. So like your your title insurance is, is a percentage uh, of the loan amount. The, 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 the county and the state fees would be percentage-based, but your lender fee is typically not unless you're paying points. Uh, the settlement fees that the title company charges are typically not scaled to a loan amount. So it's when hard to say, give it. Mike, when you say p- paying points, you mean you mean <clears throat> paying a little extra to get a lower interest rate? Yeah, that is typically presented as a percentage of the loan amount. So you could, if someone's saying, uh, "I'm going to 
pay one point to buy down the rate, like just like you said, Johnny, that would be a percentage of the loan amount. So if you're borrowing a hundred thousand, it's going to be a thousand dollars to buy down to whatever some level of uh, uh, interest rate below the par rate. Is that um, a one-time charge? Yes. Oh, that's that's pretty good actually. Well, you got to do the math on it. So you know, if if you're buying an eighth of a point. Uh, on the interest rate, right, an eighth of a percentage on the interest rate. So say it's three versus 3.125 as an example. You know, that's probably saving you, I don't know, $13 a month, something like that. Gotcha. So you, you take that divided into a thousand and you figure out how long is the break even on that. I did break even for one guy. I was comparing him against one of the big, you know, uh, what do you like to call it, Jim? The, 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 the big box uh, bank. spaceship, the spaceship. The spaceship yeah. uh, lending missile. company. No, yeah. Scud missile company. Yeah. <laughs> you so, don't know where you're going to land with that one. <laughs> he, he he sent his numbers, and I, I often will stack up my numbers right next to the, the people they're comparing with, just so they can see. And I say, hey, listen, just focus on the rate, focus on the lender fees. That's really the only thing that that is important when you're shopping lenders. And um, Scud Missile Company was charging him two and a half points to buy down, to, and their rate was a quarter of a percent less than mine. So wow. I did the math on it. It was 310 month break even uh, for that, for that <laughs> if you were to do that. So your whole 30 year loan is 360 months, right? Yeah, so we're yeah, talking about like 20, 20, 20 years of break years. even. <laughs> 20, 26 <laughs> Four years, years yeah. of savings. Yeah. So luckily that able, that was able to, you know, kind of leverage that and say, hey, listen, either if, they, especially if they didn't present it to you this way, like if they weren't saying, hey, listen, we're charged, you're, you're buying this rate and it's costing you this amount of money. And they just instead said, oh, look, you know, 2.99%. And here's our loan estimate, right? Like the, the everyday mm -hmm. consumer doesn't know kind of where to look on the loan estimate and see what's really happening. So I was, I was, uh, luckily I was able to point that out. And I think, uh, won the, you know, won the opportunity to do the refinance. But, um, so yeah, Terry's question is pretty complicated. So it's not really a percentage. You also have, uh, your escrow situation to deal with. Uh, when you're doing a refinance, so your property taxes, and we talked about this last week, right? There's kind of an opportunity to finance that money that you've been saving, kind of your or your your bank has been forcing you to save your your lender. Um, so that's also can be a pretty big chunk of the what, what people would consider costs that you're rolling into the new loan. Um, so I wish I had an easy answer for Terry. So and then uh, you know rates. You know they're great. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. You're they're dependent on your your equity position and your credit score, but they're just great across the board. I mean, just I know this is because uh, Terry probably doesn't know us very well yet. Uh, you know we've been on the show for nine years now, and our our job is to help people get the answers that they need. And Terry, I know that was a very vague answer, and Mike has even admitted <laughs> on the air. So the best way to find out, and I know this sounds real commercially, but it's the truth, is just give us a call at eight 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 nine seven three seven eight two eight. Or just go to floridatalkrealestate.com and uh, I promise that Mike will give you a free consultation and crunch numbers. Uh, he doesn't mind comparing, so don't be embarrassed if you've already got a quote from somebody else. In fact, if you have questions and you're shopping around, Mike loves it when you actually have the quote because of that example he just gave you where he could break down where the money's actually going on that quote and compare his um, quote. And the other thing, Terry, is, is that um, it doesn't happen a lot but sometimes Mike just can't beat the deal that's being given uh, to you. And if he can't, he tells you, hey, look, uh, I can't beat it. I think that, you know, if you're happy with that and you trust everybody, it looks like you can get the loan based on what I'm seeing. 
go ahead and do it. And we're really built that way. So Terry, give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. Um, How about this even, Jim? I got a perfect example of that. My brother, remember, I can write loans in Virginia. My brother lives in, in Richmond, Virginia. He was doing a refinance. He shouldn't have, but I try. I couldn't talk him out of it. But I said, okay, well, if you're going to do it, if you're going to do it, let me at least put numbers together. But I couldn't compete with uh, the lender that he was dealing with, who who was a buddy and kind of had an inside, you know, some some. He was a boss, right? So mm -hmm. the boss sometimes can make some calls that I, I'm not able to. And um, but there, I said, listen, man, he's. I don't think you should be doing it because you move, you move all the time. Like <laughs> my brother is notorious for like only being in he the house for a couple of years. Like, so you, you, gypsy, should... you got gypsy blood. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just for whatever reason, it's always, it's on to the next thing. But, um, and up there in that market, it's, it's, that's always been a very, very strong market, right? The Northern Virginia towards Richmond area. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I told him to go with, it. I can't compete with that guy. I'd love to do your loan. I know you want me to do your loan, but I can't, can't compete. So, there you go. Sometimes that's the answer. 888-973-7828. You can find that contact information at floridatalkrealestate.com. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that phone line is answered. And it's going to be a simple, you know, real easy conversation. Like, hey, I need to talk with Mike Rao about a refi. To take some information. Ball's rolling. 888-973-7828. Thanks, Johnny. Hey, um, I know Scott's on the phone. He's been holding tight there, but I'm going to ask him to wait. We're going to go ahead and do the commercial break right now. And since it's 930, right after the commercial break, we're going to be talking about the open house that Scott's going to be holding this week. We're also going to talk about a couple of our uh, other listings to let people know what's coming up because the market's so tight right now. Uh, giving anybody a preview of what we got coming up or what's on the market right now might make their day. So we're going to get that on the other side of the break. Excellent. That means four minutes from now, we'll get right back to it. Remember, FloridaTalkRealEstate.com is your one-stop real estate shop, your team of pros, pros, experts in their field that work so cohesively together and have for years now. Not only do they work well together, but they care about the outcome for you. Experience the difference. Your one-stop real estate shop. It's FloridaTalkRealEstate.com, and we're on Facebook every Saturday while we are on the radio. You can join us, Florida Talk Real Estate, on Facebook. Four minutes from now, we're back at it with bunch more two hours of infotainment we'll take you till 11 florida talk real estate right here on real radio this is florida talk real estate with jim depola got a question for a real estate pro call us live at 1-877-927-6969 this is real radio Always great to have you with us on a Saturday. We give you two hours of infotainment, nine until 11, every Saturday for almost nine years now. Great to have you with us. Real Radio 92.1, of course, 1017 for the Treasure Coast. And wherever you might be with your free download, your iHeartRadio app, we're worldwide, Florida Talk Real Estate. You're your boy, Johnny C., your air traffic control. Let's get to the very important people, as always. Jim DePola with Keller Williams, preferred partners. He runs a top-producing Keller Williams team. Jimmy D., Hello. Hey, Johnny. Good morning. How are you doing? Fantastic. Always nice to see Mike Rao, the mortgage guy from the mortgage firm. How are you? Good. How are you? Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> and uh, it just uh, it makes me feel like uh, we got friends and family when I can also say good morning to Ross Camaronets. Brian Wayne Insurance, Juno Beach. Hey, Ross. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I know we got uh, Scott on hold with the open house details, but... Jimmy D, what are we going to start with in this segment number two? We're going to get to Scott right away, but um, but I wanted just to say one thing. Um, I was going through my Facebook post uh, last week, and it popped up. You know those shared memories where they have the shared memory thing? 
So I think this thing popped up and made me laugh. So I put it out there and I got a bunch of hits on it, which I thought was funny. Um, nine years ago this week, I was pretty new agent by that point, right? I was pretty new. So I was down in Homestead. I used to work with Coast Guard uh, members that were um, moving their family Puerto Rico to the Miami Coast Guard station. And uh, so I would, this is during the bust, obviously, in 2011. So I had a reputation of helping them find homes sight unseen, where I put them into contract before they uh, actually saw the house while they were in Puerto Rico. And then after I got them contract, they'd fly in to make sure they liked it. And I only had one time that they didn't buy the house, right? I bought them a different house, but they never had to fly back twice, basically, right? So anyway, uh, one time I'm showing the Coast Guard member this house, and I didn't understand alarm systems very well yet, and lock boxes, the electronic lock boxes was all brand new to me. And I get into this house, and I guess I didn't hit the buttons the right way, and it was a silent alarm. And we had the front door open for some reason. I left the front door open. It was a vacant house. And we were in there looking at the house. And next thing I know, I hear somebody coming, like racing, it sounded like, uh, through the front door. So I told the people, just wait here. Let me see what's going on. And I get into the living room, and it's two police officers, guns drawn, <laughs> right, guns drawn, wondering what the hell I'm doing in this house, right? I'm like, hey, I'm a real, hands up, I'm a realtor, a realtor, there's people in the master bedroom right now, you know, I didn't want anybody getting in trouble. And uh, anyway, the owners were pretty, pretty, pretty mad at me. And uh, they yelled at me, called up my broker at the time, I wasn't at Keller Williams yet. Um, I ended up having to pay a $250 alarm fine because other agents had done the same thing multiple times to this property. So there were so many false alarms. The sheriff's department, I think after two or three false alarms in a certain period of time, they start charging you 250 a pop. So I had to pay the 250. Oh. And uh, ironically, our people ended up putting an offer in on the property and they took it and we're at the closing table and we're signing all the paperwork and the seller's just so happy, right, that he had the household because we're in the bust, right? He's just so happy he's selling it. And uh, when we were leaving and the family was getting the keys to the house and the seller was walking out the uh, title company's door, he turns around and he goes, hey. And he looked mad at me again and he goes, you could break into my house anytime you want. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my little story about being a green agent and uh, trying to get through my way. Still I want <laughs> what kind of credentials are you able to show that like show the police that you're actually an agent, right? You don't carry around a, a license or something, do you? No, uh, actually I do, Mike. I, you know, it's funny that you say that. I actually, it's so old and crumpled and beat up, but it's in my bag somewhere. So uh, there are times sometimes where uh, guards at the gate will not just take your business card as proof that you're a realtor. They will ask for your license. So, you know, smart people would get the license and then laminate it and turn it into like a driver's license, right? <laughs> but not me, right? So I have this like little piece of paper that's all tattered up. I think that paper is literally six or seven, six or seven years old. And is I still it, got it in my bag. It's all it like funneled the, up and crumpled. Uh, the, the first driver's license you had, Jim, when it was just it was just a, p a card with your name typed on it. You know, Jim is <laughs> I, Jim is able to drive in the, in uh, Palm Beach County, Florida, or whatever. Okay, Mike. You know, I almost was gonna say, hey, Mike, I'm not that old, but actually, I am that old because yes. I remember having to go and 
laminate the thing myself. You'd have to go to the little store and laminate it. So I am that old. Thanks, Mike. The good old days. The good uh, old, anyway, the good old days. enough about that. But I just thought that was a funny little memory. So uh, <laughs> bottom line is I've learned a lot since then. Uh, my ben, how Jim's I started out. Jim's like 17. He's got his little driver's license card. He's you know, flying down the road, drinking a beer, you know, and the cops <laughs> just wave to you as you go by, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, exactly. Jimmy, how are you? <laughs> hey, uh, we lost Johnny on Facebook. Yeah, right? I don't know if that was him that fell or the camera that fell. Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was him or the camera. <laughs> you okay, Johnny? Uh-oh. Hello? Oh, geez. Okay. We're I'm joking. Gonna put, I'm going to put Johnny on mute for a second. Okay. Uh, oh, the camera's moving now. So who knows very slowly. Oh, this is this does not hey, make good radio, but it makes good Facebook. <laughs> hey, Johnny, I think we just lost him. He'll be coming back. So let's go ahead and uh Jimothy, let's go ahead and uh Scott. There you go, Scott. Jim- Welcome to the show, Scott. Hey guys, good morning. How we doing? Happy South Florida to you. We're doing better than Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, technological wise, at least right now. So we're waiting for him to come back on. Hey, um, uh, Scott, so I know you got an open house at one of my favorite properties that hasn't sold yet. So why don't you tell me a little bit what's going on? Absolutely. I'm going to be down at 24 East 25th Street today in Riviera Beach, right on the intercoastal, guys. A uh, great opportunity for a first time home buyer or somebody that just wants to live east, close to the beach. This is a. Uh, Super location, location, location. Uh, it's just right by the Blue Heron Bridge that goes over to Singer Island. Easy access. Literally, you could walk down your street with your kayak in tow, put it into the intercoastal, and paddle 10 minutes and be on Peanut Island. you got Phil Foster Park right there with the boat ramps, great fishing. Uh, there's a Publix, a Walgreens, walking distance. If you like walkability and you want to be close to the beach, this is a great opportunity. It's a three-bedroom, two-bath home. And this is a neighborhood, uh, you know, like a lot of these older neighborhoods that are that are east, close to the intercoastal, that has homes that are built in the 20s, 1930s, 1940s. This is actually the newest home in the neighborhood that was built in 1998. And what's significant about that is the majority of those homes that are built in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, most of those are frame homes. This is a true concrete block home that has been completely renovated on the inside. New kitchen, new bathrooms, new flooring, new paint. Uh, they just did a lot of great landscaping, too, in the backyard. What's the name of those plants that grow up real quick that make the head? Is it Calusa? Calusia. I think it's called Calusia. Yeah. And so they just planted a bunch of those. they got mature bougainvilleas in the backyard. But, yeah, just a great opportunity, three-bedroom, two-bath, completely renovated. If you're looking for that lifestyle east where you can be on the beach, to be at the boat ramp, uh, be fishing, be it a drift boat, it's all right there within walking distance. And, and I'm not talking about a 15-minute walk. I'm talking about to the end of the street, and you, your toes are in the intercoastal. It's a pretty cool opportunity. And I'll be out there today from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Yeah, it, it's awesome. And the uh, public boat launches over by uh, Phil Foster Park, which is like less than a half mile away. Um, it's, just a, a, it's just a really super great opportunity. So go out there. Uh, Scott will be out there from 11 to 2 on our Facebook page, we have all the information about that. Hey, uh, so Scott, do me a favor on that one. Sell that house, okay? I know we almost got sold last week, but uh, this week we're going to get it done. So, um, Scott, Absolutely. I just wanted to say that we had uh, 
we did have another shout out and I didn't uh, bring it up. I don't know if we talked about it last week, but Ahmad and his and his wife, uh, did we talk about that last week? We did. Uh, we did briefly, but yeah, a quick, a quick shout okay. out to Ahmad and Rima. Um, you know, they were one of our seller buyers up in Port St. Lucie. We helped them sell their single family home and we helped them buy uh, a new home that's right there close to the St. Lucie River. Uh, they're in the process of uh, gutting certain sections of that home and doing their own renovations right now to make it their own, and uh, they couldn't be happier. So, yeah, really, really excited for them. Uh, another successful simultaneous closing for a seller buyer, and it wasn't an easy one. There was uh, a lot of uh, road bumps along the way, but our team pulled through and uh, got it done. Yep, uh, we're hopefully going to have Ahmad and his wife on uh, next week on next week's show is what we're hoping. And the other thing I wanted to give a shout out is to uh, Pamela and Paul. Uh, they came to us to sell their house out in Loxahatchee. This is the one with the detached building, Mike. And yep. uh, we had a bidding war on that that went just nuts. And uh, we just found out we really pushed the upper limits on the price. And we found out that it did appraise and that we're marching towards uh, – closing right now we have an inspection and then we'll be marching towards the closing so i'm thinking that's going to go great wow um, and we really pushed the upper limits yeah. on that one and then of course uh scott just had one recently like this and this is what i want to just talk a little bit about appraisal right now which will roll into roll into the whole buyers thing that we're talking about with the buyer's emphasis today is that uh when scott met with this family that was selling a house on Lake Osborne Drive. Uh, so they have this Lakeview, um, very active uh, um, outdoor kind of community neighborhood where you can go uh, boating and jet skiing and, um, and fishing and a whole bunch of stuff right there across the street from your house. And um, the family really wanted what we thought at the when we first met with them was going to be not an appraisable value when they got the house on the market they might have got the offer but we didn't think it was going to appraise um uh, we didn't take the house i think for about a month and a half or two months about that time right mike uh, uh scott we probably waited about six weeks eight weeks before we actually after the multiple meetings decided to put it on the market and then when we did that um it took us a little bit of time. I think it took us like three weeks or so to get the offer. Is that correct? Is that correct, Scott? When did we get the correct. offer on that house? I, I want to say it was, it was right at uh, the end of our 21-day plan when we finally went into contract. Yeah. Uh, so at that, which is actually, uh, um, which is actually a very um, decent amount of time, even to, even in today's market. But, uh, um, but it was a little slow for us because we didn't get that tremendous amount of showings. I think the first couple of days we did get a lot of showings and then it kind of tapered off where it was, uh, you know, one here, maybe a day or two later, another one, but we ended up getting full asking price. Right. So then we had to let the owners know, look, we're going to do everything we can. Uh, but you got to be prepared that it might come in low. I went out there cause Scott was on vacation, uh, catching lobster. Boy, did he do good on that. And I didn't do pet too bad for him uh, in the slot because we went out there with all the upgrades and everything, talked to the appraiser like we always do. And uh, we got the full appraised value of the contracted price. Is that correct, Scott? That's right. We have uh, set a new record in that neighborhood. Uh, we were we uh, ended up appraising uh, in contract 
about $40,000 over the closest comp that was a recent sale within the last six months. We're about forty grand over the highest comp. Yeah, so uh, we did excellent on that. Congratulations, Scott, on that. And, you know, when, we, when me and Scott talked about the pricing behind the scenes, normally sometimes if people want to overprice the house, we might pass on the listing. Uh, because we don't want to make a promise we can't keep. And usually there's a lot of disappointment because people might have not the same expectations we have based on the information we have at the time. But with this one, I Scott was a little hesitant based on our, um, on our proven systems that give us predictable results. Uh, but what ended up happening was is, uh, um, I said to Scott at the time, let's go ahead and take it because we're in a frothy market. And that's what I'm really seeing. And that's the point I'm trying to make about this little anecdote here is that we're in a very frothy market and you can get max, max value for your home right now. If you put it on the market, you could definitely get max, max value. But um, uh, but the problem is, is that uh, <laughs> the problem. The <laughs> Welcome back, Johnny. I'm sorry. Welcome back, Johnny. Right. I'm laughing. Johnny's back and he's teasing with yeah. Ross. On Ross, right is, Ross is laughing at me. He's mocking me. I was wondering if you were okay. I actually was texting you. Are you okay, Johnny? Because that did not look good. Yeah. <laughs> it looked very scary. It was like a movie moment or something, like a horror movie. Yeah, yeah this, this, these are the moments where you should definitely be watching the Facebook live feed. I apologize for uh, causing chaos in your show. That's okay. That's okay. I was glad you're okay. So, Johnny, um, we, we laughed. We're like, we can't tell if the, the camera fell or if Johnny fell as a joke and then you disappear and we're like oh my god did johnny actually like collapse or something like yeah. what the heck happened and if you go back and watch it you should see johnny's face when the camera fell or something he looked totally stunned right and i was like oh something technologically must happen then when you didn't come back i was like oh i don't i'm hoping he's okay uh oh <laughs> so anyway welcome back johnny I thank you so thank but uh, again back to scott so we were able to push the limits and make it happen but that being said people for the sellers it's a great time to sell super super great time to sell but if you go and price your house too high and it doesn't have to be that much but if you price it too high then you're not going to get any showings at all and you're not going to get the household it's still that kind of market the buyers are taking it they're actually getting beat up and they're taking it but they're not um but they're, they get to a certain limit. It's like, no, there's no value here. We're moving on. So be very careful. And if your house has been sitting on the market 70, 80, 90 days in today's market, right? You've got the wrong realtor that's not marketing the property right or your price isn't right. It's one of the two things. And that's it. It's either marketing or price. That's the way it's going in this market. So, Scott, thank you so much. Um, uh, Lisa Golden is asking for the address of the Singer Island property. It is 24 East 25th Street. I'll be putting that into Facebook as soon as I can get. I can't uh, multitask right now, but I'll be putting it in there. But you can go to our Facebook, Lisa. Hey, Jim. And just Riviera. Go ahead. Go ahead, Scott. Hey, I was going to tell you, too, one more quick shout-out for uh, another closing that we had this week. We closed another property with one of our investors, uh, Tom, who uh, purchased the property. We helped him actually purchase the property uh, here in East, East Boynton Beach. And uh, talk about a frothy market and, uh, you know, the appreciation being all over the place and the appraisers being all over the place. 
when we first bought that property, before he started the renovations, completely gutting it, we were thinking, uh, you know, two thirties numbers, and we ended up putting that house on the market at two fifty. Uh, we had a multiple offers, bidding war, got it in a contract. We had like forty showings in the first three days. It was crazy, and uh, actually ended up closing and appraising at two fifty seven. Uh, so Tom's super happy about that. And speaking of Tom, we uh, also are going to be closing next week on uh, another property in Boca for him that he's going to be renovating. And we'll be putting that one back on the market, which is a three-bedroom, two-bath with a pool in East Boca. So I uh, just wanted to give a shout-out to Tom and congratulations on another successful uh, flip. Yes, uh, thank you so much, Tom. Uh, let me tell you, that guy uh, does an excellent rehab. That house was destroyed. Uh, when he ended up picking it up, it was a short sale and, uh, it was so bad that the rafters for the roof weren't touching the facer anymore. There was like an inch gap almost on every single rafter because the rafters had been eaten away so much and everything. And, uh, he just turned that house into a sweet little home, turned it into a three, two. It was awesome. And I'm still getting phone calls because I guess the sign was still there and I even got phone calls on it yesterday. And I'm like, you're so that's so six weeks ago. You need to get a realtor to help you find properties because that mm -hmm. house has been gone, gone, gone. So, uh, uh, Scott, thank you so much for reminding me that. <laughs> you got to go. I'm going to be out at the open house, uh, 24 East 25th Street from uh, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. I got to go get ready for that, guys. Have a great rest of the show. Thank you Thanks, so much. Scott. Hey, we, uh, before we go to the next break, I wanted to, uh, Tim Freeman is giving a shout out to Mike. So I wanted to uh, make sure that we got into that. He said that I, uh, I spoke with Mike yesterday, my first step in pre-qualifying. I work with FEMA and just got back to work after a layoff status. So he had been furloughed for a while. Now he's back at work. He says, I'm out of state. So, uh, a lot. So this will be a distance experience and looking forward to learning more about the process. So, um, Mike, when he says this, he's out of state, do you mean just for his job or that you're going to be doing an out-of-state mortgage? No, no. He's out of state like on assignment for his job. So he works with FEMA doing, uh, you know, I guess uh, damage assessment, something along those lines. And uh, so, yeah, he's he's assigned probably, you know, all over the the uh, the southeast, I suppose. So, yeah, he's going to be this is an interesting one because it probably goes into maybe some of the things you're talking about with the bidding wars. Um he is going to have to take very uh, small windows of opportunity to do his house hunting, right? Unless maybe he'll take you up on some sort of remote, like, hey, find the house for me. But I I'm not sure if that's going to be uh, the right tac tactic for him. But assuming he just, you know, he'll be in town for a weekend, right? And so mm -hmm. he'll ne he needs to be able to not only, you know, shoot through and see houses that really match his criteria, right? You guys are going to line something like that up for him. But he needs to be able to pull the trigger on financing and get his offer in while the getting's good. And so the uh, first step for any purchase really is to talk to, you know, get your financing lined up, right? Before you get too deep into the deal, you got to know that you can close. Uh, and it's really important that your team that you're working with is ready to move fast when you need to move fast. And that, that's probably one of the, the tips that you were going to talk about with the uh, multiple offer situation and the bidding wars. You just, you know, you got to have your ducks in a row so that you can pull the trigger. Yeah, one of the things I'm surprised about is uh, there's been some people calling about one particular property you already have in contract, and I have another house in the same neighborhood that's not ready to be on market yet.
but I'm still allowing realtors to know about it. And anytime a realtor calls on the other property or a buyer calls on the other property, I say, I have this other one coming on the market. Let me tell you, with this market being so tight right now, you would think that the agents would really be just jumping on the opportunity to see the property before everybody else does. And I'm not really getting that uh, with some of these uh, situations that I'm like, wow, you're really missing out on an opportunity. Because I know once we put it on the market, I know we're going to have like multiple offers in a few days with this house, right? So uh, that was the same thing with the detached building uh, property. When I had the detached building property, we knew for about probably four weeks to six weeks, maybe I'm guessing, that we knew we were going to be getting that listing, but we didn't have it technically listed yet. I called out a couple of people to let them know about the property way ahead of time, thinking that we could strike a deal, save a little money for the sellers, um, still get them a really high price, but save a little money for the sellers by working out something super fast and reducing our commission. But the uh, buyers were not really that engaged at that moment. Then when the house went on the market and they came out and saw the house, they're like, wow, I'd really like to have this. But by then we had nine offers and they didn't want to compete with, uh, you know, nine offers at one time. So they missed out on the opportunity. So you really got to have a full-time agent and you have to have proven systems with predictable results, okay? What's the proven system? The proven systems are you first get uh, financed and qualified the right way, making sure that your realtor and your loan officer or mortgage broker is totally engaged with each other, that everybody understands your numbers. Everything is rock solid on the financing. Then you do your search. You have a very aggressive plan on how to make the search happen. There's no dilly-dallying in today's market. If you want it, everybody else wants it. And you got to be prepared to have a bare knuckle brawl and you got to be trained for that, right? So it isn't just stepping in the ring and you haven't worked out. You got to make sure that you, you flex the right muscles and that you're trained and ready to go. So that means being prepared for a bidding war. And we're going to get into bidding war a little bit later. Um, why don't we just go ahead and take another break um, right now, Johnny, if you don't mind. Sure, absolutely. We'll do a little reset. We'll come back. We've got another full hour for you. It's two hours of infotainment every Saturday here, Florida Talk Real Estate, and you have an entry point. You can be a part of the show. We'll give you that toll-free participation line when we return. Always remember your access to this team 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It can begin at floridatalkrealestate.com, your one-stop real estate shop. And, uh, man, you can change lives by putting people on. If they're looking to buy a home, sell a home, stuck with a home, they don't know what to do with it, looking to refi, try to save some money on your property insurance, or maybe maybe you're just totally undercovered. And we got to make sure that's a, not the reality that you're facing right now as we are entrenched in a very active hurricane season. And, of course, student loan debt, man, they have done amazing things to change people's lives. This team has just about everything you could possibly need in the world of finances and real estate. It's floridatalkrealestate.com, 888-973-7828. You'll find it at floridatalkrealestate.com. And on Facebook, you got it. That's right, Florida Talk Real Estate, where we are. Facebook Live every Saturday, back four minutes from now. Thanks for being with us. Great to have you every Saturday on Real Radio.
This is Florida Talk Real Estate with Jim DePola. Got a question for a real estate pro? Call us live at 1-877-927-6969. This is Real Radio. Always great to have you with us on a Saturday. We give you two hours of infotainment, Florida Talk Real Estate, 9 until 11 every Saturday. And of course, we podcast and we're streaming on Facebook every Saturday, Florida Talk Real Estate on Facebook. And you're welcome to join us with your questions, comments, concerns in the world of real estate. 877-927-6969. Jimothy will line you up and we'll get you on the air. And uh, of course, I have very little to do with those answers. I'm just your air traffic control. I just kind of cause the chaos around here. I'm your boy, Johnny C. <laughs> Jim DePole is always with us every Saturday with Keller Williams Preferred Partners. He runs a top producing Keller Williams team. Hey there, Jimmy D. Hey, man. How are you doing? Fantastic. We are on Facebook Live, and I know you were mentioning the other day that you missed my uh, Johnny C. Backyard BYOB. Yes. So I brought you a little something to make you, <laughs> make you, make you feel a little bit better. <laughs> I, 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 where did you find one of those things? Like, where did you, I forget what they call those, but where did you find that thing? So uh, I've had this forever. This is an old school, real slide whistle. The plastic ones are fun. Oh, but slide whistle. <laughs> you can get a real one. They are so much fun. Cool. But I, figured I'd, I figured I'd bring that back for you. A little uh, <laughs> throwback to the Johnny Z backyard BYOB. Mike Rao, the mortgage guy from the mortgage firm, he's right there. Totally unimpressed. I, no, I'm very impressed. Although I was trying to think of something witty to say to Jim's Jim's question. So probably like the internet is where you could find something like that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> know Have you guys heard of Amazon? <laughs> uh, they have everything. You don't have what information. The- don't sell yourself short, man. Much like many of our listeners, you have been a uh, attentive. Uh, part of this show for many, many years. So you have a lot of information. I know. I was going to say liar when he said that. I was just going to say liar because <laughs> he knows a lot. He knows a lot now. Yeah. Well, I, you, I, I like to, I really make it a habit to go to people that are great at what they do and let them lead me down the path. That's why I wake up every Saturday morning with Florida Talk Real Estate because I'm with a bunch of people that are great at what they do. That includes Ross Camaronets with Brightway Insurance, Juno Beach. Hey there, Ross. Good afternoon. I'm glad you're okay, John. We are a little worried. Well, define okay, Ross. Define okay. Alive. He's not wearing any pants. Right. <laughs> and I'm about to bust into the most insane slide whistle solo you've ever heard. Here we go. <laughs> I think you should get some Jethro Tull out and see if you could uh, cover it. it. it it's like uh, Anchorman, right, where he busts out the flute uh, solo at the at the bar. <laughs> Captivating, know, right? yes. Ross, can you turn your head just for a second? I want to see the style that you've uh, the mohawk, the tail. Oh, look at that! It is. I oh. thought I saw that happening. Is that called a mohawk? It's pretty fun. I don't know. A don't wide know. mohawk. A it's, wide it's the it's the modern day mullet. Yeah, it's a faux hawk. <laughs> is what it is. Is that what everyone's wearing on the uh, the beach volleyball courts uh, these days? I, I couldn't tell. You. I haven't been out there in a little bit. <laughs> hey, um, um, I think my Godzilla Reverse has aired, and I got to call up the production company to find out what happened. Remember, I was going to be interviewed for that Japanese TV crime show about the clown killer. I think yeah. it. I think it aired. So I'm going to hopefully next week get a link that I'll be putting on Facebook and YouTube. 
Um, you might get that uh, royalty check too, right, Jim? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure we're gonna get rich on that. But I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing if I'm, I'm if I'm being dubbed in Japanese, which I'm really looking forward to. So I'll, <laughs> I'll keep a, keep an eye out on our Facebook page. All you got to do is like and follow it. And uh, please, anybody watching that's liking this, um, you know, we are a totally consumer-driven real estate show. It's much different than what you get on most podcasts or radio shows because usually that's about either just mortgage brokering or um, there's video uh, podcasts out there for agents learning how to become better agents. So that's agent centric. And then there's also um, investors where they're just investor podcasts. And it really isn't about the consumer trying to win their way through a, a real estate market. So one of the things I love about this career, it is very uh, similar to my old career as a journalist because every day is different. I mean, the market that we're in right now didn't exist 12 weeks ago, for, well, 16 weeks ago, this market didn't even exist. And uh, it morphed that quickly. So being involved in all these different markets, it just makes my, um, it keeps my brain working really fast and staying nimble. And it's just really cool uh, to be able to be involved in this. And if your agent doesn't feel that way, if your team doesn't feel that way, or if you don't have a team and you only have an agent or a mortgage broker, Mike, I can't tell, can't tell you how many times uh, this week, buyers called me up this week, working with a, uh, a loan officer or a mortgage broker, don't even understand the type of financing that they have and don't have an agent. And I'm like, well, good for them that they're going to a loan officer first, because that's a good step. But they don't have the team. They're still floundering. You need to have everybody together uh, to support a successful transaction. So if anybody's got any questions, just give us a call. Hey, uh, Ross, um, you know, we got lucky. Uh, Laura went through the Gulf Coast instead of across us. And uh, uh, unfortunately for the people in Texas and Louisiana, that was really, really bad. Uh, I can't believe it got to... Uh, a category four, if I'm not mistaken, when it landed, it was category four. Couldn't you believe that? It just even reminded an old grizzled Floridian like me that uh, uh, th those hurricanes can really change on a dime because at first they thought it was going to be at most a three and maybe not even that. And then all of a sudden it was a very powerful four. So please um, don't take any of these hurricanes for granted. Those meteorologists, I know people don't want to trust news people, but the meteorologists usually are, um, this is a perfect example of showing how they're not making a big deal out of things. You know how sometimes they get you all riled up about a hurricane um, and then really not a lot happens. And everybody goes, see, they were making a big deal out of nothing. Well, if they made, if they, you know, three or four days before this hurricane came to Louisiana, they could have, with that attitude, they could have not made it a big deal. Oh, there's this, uh, tropical storm category one coming, no big deal, right? And then it turns into four, three days or four days later. So please uh, make sure that your houses are secure, that you have a plan, that you have food and water because something big like that happens, you know, uh, back in 04 and 05, some people down here didn't have electricity and water for more than two weeks. People I forget went about six weeks. I went six, six weeks. weeks. Six weeks. Yeah. yeah between see, Francis people, and Gene. Yep. Wow. So see, and see, this is real deal stuff. So you got to be prepared. And one of the ways you could be prepared is to make sure you have the proper insurance. Because let me tell you, we've learned so much from uh, 
we learned so much from uh, Irma and the Keys. Remember when we went down there, me and Paul Krasker from the law office of Paula Krasker went down to the Keys to see if we could help people. Sure. We did help one lady down there um, who became like a national, um, uh, a national um, example of what was happening down in the Keys. Uh, she couldn't rebuild her house because there, the new requirements for the way houses need to be rebuilt. She wasn't going to meet those codes. She didn't have enough money. She was upside down. Paul, Paul Krasker did end up helping that woman, which was great. But let me tell you, it was hell and back. And uh, so please make sure you have the proper hurricane coverage. So let's talk about that, Ross. What's the 101 that people need to know, like 101 hurricane insurance tips? I think the most important thing is understanding your deductible. Mm -hmm. You know, because a lot of people just see a small little number like two or five, uh, 2% or 5%. And they, you know, don't even think anything of it, but that's a percentage of your dwelling coverage. So if you've got a $300,000 dwelling coverage and you've got a 5% hurricane deductible, you're responsible for the first $15,000 of damage no matter what. So I think that's the first thing. And to touch on what you just said about she had to build her, um, build her house on stilts at that point, um, mm -hmm. that would be part of law and ordinance coverage of your homeowner's policy. And there's a lot of agents out there that actually, in order to make the policy look cheaper, they'll exclude law and ordinance because it's not a mandatory coverage, but you do have to sign a form that you're, or sign something that you're excluding it, but people don't know what it is. And that's um, like in that case, you know, the way it would have worked for her is, you know, yeah, the insurance company would have paid whatever, $200,000 to rebuild her house, but you know, it was an extra $50,000 to put it on stilts. Mm -hmm. So she would have been responsible for that $50,000 because the insurance company didn't insure it on stilts. You know, they just insured it when it was on the ground. It wasn't the insurance company's fault that now they have to build it on stilts, you know, just because of where she lives. So that would have come from the law and ordinance portion of her policy. And, you know, hopefully she had it or uh, you know, was able to take advantage of it. That's that. like, a, like a good name for a, a, an insurance podcast, Ross, law and ordinance. Right. And then you have the, the piano music that, that comes in. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love having Ross on the show because uh, I just learned another thing, right? We learned stuff. We learned about gap insurance back in the day. We learned about uh, the roof problems. We learned from Ross that one of the major insurers for South Florida pulled out I didn't read that in the papers. So all this stuff and um, for Ross, every every time he comes on, it seems like we get a little bit. Who knew about a law and ordinance coverage? I'd never heard of that before. So thank you so much for telling us. That's a great tip. Johnny? Yeah. So, Ross, I know you've explained in the past that there's um, the timing of, of binding a new policy, especially in hurricane season. Um, is uh, is is very particular. Can you can you kind of reset that a little bit? If a if a storm's named, and we're like X amount of days away, or if we're around a cone, I know you can't buy a new policy. What's the what's the regulation around that? I mean, I, there, there's it's unique to every carrier, you know. So it's not like oh, it's mandatory that if we're three days out, that the carriers have to stop writing. It, it's up to the carriers. You know, some carriers are very cautious. And as soon as, you know, as it gets, you know, pretty close, you know, they'll just 
shut it down. You know, they'll shut down the county or where it's supposed to go, or someone shut down the entire state. And then there's other carriers that, you know, will go until kind of the very last minute. Um, so it's not anything that is like, there's no definitive time or definitive cone, but it's usually somewhere about three days out is when they, when they kind of start to get a little bit worried and stop, stop accepting the business. And well, um, really know if you're going to be out buying a house, no doubt about it. And does that also include changing your policy? Like, let's say somebody's listening to us today and they're like, oh man, my, I don't, I don't have the law and ordinances or what, you know, maybe there's something that they notice they don't have. Can you change your policy um, as the storm is approaching? Um, you can, you cannot add coverage. No, they will not allow. I mean, it's, if so, if they are under a more, a binding moratorium, one of the things that that does include is, uh, you will not be able to add more coverage to your policy. Gotcha. It's, and also, uh, go ahead, Mike. No, I was just gonna, I was gonna, on Johnny's point that, uh, in, for, you know, in the, in the loan world and in, and in Jim's world, uh, and buy, buyers and sellers, they start getting really nervous about close dates when there's storms uh, a brewing because if you can't bind your insurance policy, you can't close on the on the purchase or the sale, right? So um, I, I always thought it was, you know, if it's named, then, you know, basically things are going to be shut down and you got to push, push close dates. So that's interesting, Ross. So it's up to the carrier, individual carriers to figure out if they're going to bind or not. Right. Yeah. Because some will say, oh, we're done at noon, you know, as of 12 p.m. today, we're not going to accept it. Some we'll say 5 p.m. tomorrow. So it, it's it's up to it's the carrier's discretion how long they want to stay open. Interesting. And then when they want to reopen. You know, I had one company that still, I think they used it as an excuse to stop accepting new business. And uh, so they, they haven't reopened after, what, two weeks, whatever, two weeks ago, that one storm, the, the first one. Isaiah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isaiah. So, yeah. So for like a week after they were saying, oh, you know, bindings restricted due to tropical storm, whatever. And then they just never reopened. Wow. Wow. And I guess if there is, if a big one does come through and there's lots of damage, the, the carriers are going to assess, you know, what, what they can anticipate as far as claims go. Right. Because yeah. those claims could go on for months and years. And so they might just say, "Listen, we can't, we can't take any new business. We gotta. We need to keep our uh, keep our um, you know bank accounts healthy so that we can pay claims." At the same time, you know they want to take on some new business too because now they're getting those premium dollars in to uh, help cover those costs that are now going out. Can I ask uh, Ross about the deductibles again? Because I think a lot of people have a misconception on the the percentage and what that means for them. Like they might think, "Hey, it's five percent of the claim, right?" Yeah. So, uh, I think that's probably what most people are saying, and not the coverage, but the claim. And that's a huge mistake if you're if you're thinking that. Right. So uh, typically, the hurricane deductible is two percent. That's kind of the standard standard hurricane deductible. The most a mortgage company will allow is five percent. So some carriers have a three percent option, but it's usually it's usually either two or five, and that is the percentage of your dwelling coverage. So, like I said, if you've got a $300,000 dwelling coverage, which is probably pretty average around here. Uh, and you have a 2% deductible, your your hurricane deductible is $6,000. So you're responsible for the first $6,000. Uh, if it's 5%, then you're responsible for the first $15,000. You know, and a lot of people don't have that sitting around. So, what and it's- happen, What would happen hypothetically 
regardless if it's uh, 15,000 or 6,000, if the homeowner didn't have it, what would, what would physically happen at that point? The house is just laid damaged. So the insurance then, company will give them, like, would they give them whatever that they were owed minus the deductible, and then they have that to rebuild the house, or do they not yeah. even give that money? Like, do you have to pay the deductible? Yeah, first? no. So yeah, so if the total claim is twenty thousand dollars and your deductible is fifteen thousand, there you'll you'll get five grand. I see. Okay. So um, the insurance company at some point is going to ask for proof of repairs. So if you don't repair it, they're going to non-renew you. And then if you try to get new insurance, typically they want to see proof of repairs too. Well, Ross, you know, I'm going through uh, my woes a tale with my insurance company right now that's been going on for a year. And um, now my, um, my mortgage company is calling and asking me what's going on with the claim and have I repaired the stuff in the house yet? So even the mortgage company can come down on you um, yeah, right I mean, now. Is that is that can they like let's say that you just you know i know this hasn't happened but let's say that you've just let mold run rampant and you're you know everything is you know holes in the walls and stuff like that is there a clause in the in in like the mortgage contract that says hey if you don't keep the house up in good standard that we can accelerate yeah, accelerate yeah. The mortgage, right mike you, you have a responsibility to keep the house you do yeah i mean the the home is uh, the security for the loan, so the the lender has an interest in making sure that their security is uh, kept up and, and holds its value. So uh, I don't know the specific language, but yeah, I think there's definitely language that says, "Hey, don't destroy, don't destroy this asset." So um, I want to. I just want to. Uh, one more insurance note. I want to uh, talk about this FEMA program because there's so many people that are hurting across the country right now. We are turning into a national podcast, so it's always good to talk about some national stuff. So um, first of all, you know, with the wildfires that are happening in Colorado, of Colorado, California, and all those uh, massive wildfires out there, plus now we had uh, Hurricane Laura. And what was the other one that went through before Laura? I forgot. What was it? Was it Mark, Mark went first? Mark, Mar yeah. Marco. Marco. Was it Marco? Marco. Yeah, yep. Marco and then Laura. Um, with that, with the water damage and then all the wind damage, um, those people, if their house has been damaged and there's been uh, declared a national disaster by the federal government, it's actually a national disaster zone, you can get the same type of CARES Act program. Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae are offering this program where you can get the same type of CARES Act for your mortgage forbearance. So what they would do is they would allow you to put up to 12 months of payments on the back end of the loan with no penalty. And they're using almost the CARES Act for the same kind of thing. So uh, thank God nobody in Florida right now uh, has had to use that. And we don't have a declared uh, national disaster zone. But at least it's nice to know that you do have that backup plan if it's needed. Because a lot of people, when the hurricanes come, if their house gets severely damaged, they're not going to be living there for a while. Yeah. Um, and that's the harsh reality of it. And they'll go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say on, on that one, we kind of had firsthand experience and that was, um, it was all a learning experience for us, Johnny. Remember when, when basically the hurricane rolled through and there was a lot of talk, uh, about, you know, you don't have to make your mortgage payment. You just call them up and tell them, you know, this, this disaster relief essentially, uh, that's been in the, in the books, uh, not a law, but you know, a policy, uh, for a while, but, that was when we all got a taste of, well, 
if you miss three payments, guess what? On the fourth payment, you know, the fourth month, you owe four payments. Uh, they weren't just deferring into the back end. And so we, we all learned, uh, a lot of people learned a hard lesson uh, yeah. when they did that. Luckily, we were able to investigate it with Johnny's help, actually, and, yeah. and figure out what was really going to happen. So The sleuth. Uh, the sleuth. He went into <laughs> the uh, Just so the audience that hadn't heard about that, uh, while we were t when they were offering the mortgage forbearance a couple of years ago, Johnny actually called up his mortgage company to find out what the real deal was. And when he heard the options, uh, was not really a good choice in Giants Lake. I think I'll pass and just make my payments on time, which was yeah. Smart. And Mike, Mike assisted a little bit with that as well. It was uh, it was worthy investigation because what it was was eye opening for many people. And unfortunately, like Mike noted, too many people learned the hard way. They didn't get the eye opening uh, aspect from asking questions. They got the eye opener when they were like, "I owe four months now. I couldn't yeah. pay you. Um, I couldn't pay you one month four months ago." I know yeah. it's crazy, right? So we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a second, but I want to leave off with the insurance stuff to say this. There's so much happening with the insurance industry right now here in Florida, across the nation, but specifically here in Florida and in not just Florida, but specifically that tri-county area of Dade, Broward and Palm Beach County. Uh, we are like ground zero to insurance companies about how they handle this specific region because we have so many expensive properties right on the coast and so many people live in close, close to the coast and there's so much potential damage that could happen if something hits in these three counties. So insurance rates have been skyrocketing. Ross has told us about 30 and 40% uh, increases in premiums and even higher. Mm. You probably don't even know this is happening to you. Many people out there listening to the show right now, Okay. Don't even know that this is happening to them and that their next insurance policy is going to be jacked up and they're going to find out when their escrow payments are short. And that's what you don't want to happen is to have your escrow payments become too short for the, for the insurance that you need to pay to keep your lender happy. So you've got to pick up the phone and say, Hey guys, I haven't checked my insurance for two years or I haven't checked my insurance since last year because so many changes happened since last year. And let us give you a quote. It's so easy. You call our 888 number, you give us your address, you give us permission to give Ross your information. I send that information over Ross immediately. Ross always gives you the same thing, which is the good quote, the normal quote, he calls it, and then the cheapo quote. The cheapo quote's always the quote for, I hate insurance, I hate insurance companies, and the only reason why I'm sure in my house is because uh, the lender's making me. Mike's making you. <laughs> and uh, and then the other insurance is the normal insurance that is like, hey, I want my house protected. I don't want to be stuck with a huge deductible. And I'd rather make the uh, higher monthly payment and have a lower deductible so that when I do get in trouble, I'm protected. So you got to give us a call. We're just one phone call away, 888-973-7828. We have a 24-hour uh, 24 seven hotline with live people that answer the phone, grab your information and we get you on your way and get going. Okay. Can, can uh, I real quick? Everybody just get flood insurance. Yeah. There we For go. Real? Yeah. For just real. Get flood, I mean, it's not that expensive. A lot of the times there's, you know, if depending on who your current carrier is, you can actually endorse it onto that policy for less than you'd be able to get with an NFIP FEMA policy. So, and then the most you'll pay for an NFIP FEMA policy if you're not in a high-risk flood zone is $500 a year. 
516 to be exact. So it's not that bad. Yeah, we paid about 300, Ross. You recommended that we do the flood insurance. We did it. We're not in a uh, flood zone. But for 300 and some odd dollars a year, how could you not? Yeah. Right. I just you have to worry about it. So now I don't have to worry about the insurance company saying, hey, that was windstorm damage. No, that was flood damage. I don't have to yeah. worry about that anymore. If we have that, I know I'm covered on both ends uh, for for a dollar a day. Yes, yeah, get it. And does that flood insurance, is that is that also cover you if your uh, pipes burst in the house, Ross? That's your homeowners. That's homeowners, okay. Yeah, but hey, look at your policy too on those because so many carriers in the Tri-County area are only offering $10,000 of water damage right now. Oh, so that's so minimal. That's one thing to look at, especially if your home's over 40 years old. Make sure that, and I mean, that you can't do anything about it, but... Just make sure that you you understand what the policies have. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. So, so, what do you do there if you, if you can't get more? Is your only option to change carriers? Yeah, I mean, but there's not a lot of carriers offering. You know, it's on older homes in the Tri County area. There's not a lot of options available, and the one most of them that are even offering anything, their limit is ten thousand. I would think if you have pipe issues and it's maybe something you're not seeing and you end up with mold and, you know, uniquely Jim might be able to speak on this through some experience. I would think 10 K is nowhere near close enough. Oh right. God. So that's what we usually always eat. You know, if we have the opportunity to, cause some carriers don't allow you, but if we have the opportunity to, we always increase that mold coverage to 25,000. Yeah. Uh, okay. And all of our quotes we do. I, I just went through a water damage problem that created some mold in the house. And uh, I've been fighting with my insurance company for since we filed the claim last July. And we've actually gone to court, hired attorneys, gone through, you cannot believe, mediation, arbitration, whatever Asian they could come up with because the insurance company just didn't want to own up to the fact that they were supposed to cover us for the damage we had. Uh, Ross is kind of shaking his head because it really was pretty amazing. So look, you really need a good insurance agent. I got to tell you, one thing that was awesome about Ross, and I know he didn't do it just because it was me, but he actually came to the mediations and watched everything and uh, tried to give me the best advice he could as um, to give me a perspective of what was happening in the process. And I can't tell you how valuable that was. Thank you, Ross. I, Ross, I just hate that you had to go through this. I mean, we were we were talking to the VP of claims. Everything was supposed to be handled. And then all of a sudden it was just like one hand didn't want to talk to the other and they just... That was it was such a strange situation, and I hate that it happened. Well, Ross is a, is obviously a very valuable member of the Florida Talk Real Estate team, and it's a, you know, as Jim says, thank you. Uh, that's what that's what Ross does. That's what everybody does on this team. They go above and beyond to try to make sure that you are in the best place possible. Let me ask you a quick question, Ross. So I get I get mail all the time. That's like, hey, it, and it's really inexpensive. You can get uh, you can cover. You're responsible for your pipes from the street to the house, they say. And if anything happens, you gotta pay. And I get all this mail all the time and it's like, oh, for like 10 bucks a month or 12 bucks a month, you can be covered. Is that is that scammy or is that no. like, is that good? Should I look into that? That seems well, cheap. So you can actually add that coverage to your, well, a lot of carriers are starting to add uh, offer that coverage. It's called service line um, coverage. And that covers the pipes running from your sewer, as well as the electrical wires running from, you know, whatever the grid out there right to your house. Yeah, I feel like it's always coming from like FPL. Yeah, well, they, they'll offer it. Um, but, you know, we can look at your, your, your you look at your insurance uh, carrier to see if they offer it. 
And a lot of the times you can add it for like 50 bucks or something like that. And they give you $10,000 worth of coverage. Yeah. Okay. So those mailers, uh, like I say, they always feel like, like reasonably priced. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm coming from a place of complete ignorance, but I always just go, man, this is uh they're just fishing hard for this stuff. It's something we should look into, I guess. Huh? Yeah. I mean, for 10 bucks a month, that's, you know, if that, if your carrier doesn't offer it, then yeah, go with that. But there are carriers that do offer that endorsement and it might be 50 bucks or something like that. So, it's so pr- price shopping uh, can uh, be very worth your time. And uh, and again, go to floridatalkrealestate.com, get with Ross Camaronettes, Brightway Insurance, Juno Beach, very much worth your time. Yeah, most of the time when you're uh, like, I know this from the when people go from um, well to city water, um, the average homeowner probably pays about 6000 six thousand dollars to eight thousand to reconnect to city water so that kind of gives you perspective that if any of that pipe fails from the street to the house um if you had to replace that whole line how much it would cost so um having that insurance would be very valuable um if you if you had a damage with the lines um I wanted to get into the market. Uh, we're not going to take a break, even though it's at the half hour mark, because I really want to get into the buyer's market. I promised everybody we're talking about bidding wars and stuff. So let's just get to market really fast and we'll get into the buyer's uh, tips. Uh, first of all, mortgage applications are uh, 33% higher than they were a year ago right now. Not surprising because Freddie Mac, the Freddie Mac weekly average is at 2.91% for a 30-year loan. That is not the lowest. Uh, that is not the lowest interest rate ever recorded. Um, we used to say that it was March 2012 at 3.28, but it's now August 8th, 2020, is 20. the new rocket, rocket, uh, rocket bottom low of 2.88. So we're only 0.03 above the uh, rock bottom low ever recorded in the history of 30-year mortgages. So now you know why we have a 33% increase in applications for buyers. Um, now, a couple of related to that, sellers right now are getting extreme, um, extremely high prices than they were pre-COVID. In fact, uh, according to study I saw this week, um, Palm Beach County, Orlando, well, the South Florida area, Orlando and Tampa are all about 5% higher than they were pre-COVID um for sales right now we're just talking uh price increases i'm sorry for price increases is um we're about five percent higher than we were pre-covid so that's pretty crazy and they're expecting that to continue to keep going forward in fact most of the economists are saying that it's going to be the real estate economy that's going to help us get through the problems that we're having right now i'm not Uh, when they say that when they say that they mean residential not not commercial right Yes, I definitely think that. Now, um, I was just talking to a residential broker just yesterday about this and asked him what was happening in the commercial market and what the scuttlebutt Oof. is. There. Because what the, the theory goes, there's a theory, what happens in commercial first happens to residential second. So it usually if commercial goes down, residential is going to follow. And when commercial is usually goes up first before residential, that's the way trends normally are. Um, so what they're saying is, is they're saying that the commercial market they feel is strong right now. What? But then, yeah, because they were talking about multifamily. Once the, the multifamily, I totally agree. The multifamily market. That's is, commercial? 
Yeah. So if you have a anything oh. larger than a quadruplex is considered commercial. Okay. okay. Well, I can see that strength. I just I think of uh, you know, business. strip malls and yeah, exactly. businesses. And That's that is that is about to burst. I How agree with office, you. Office buildings. I agree yeah, with you. But here's the thing, right? That I agree with you guys, but this is what the commercial guys tell me. There's a lot of people right now lining up ready to take those properties over. And I'm like, because they think that they're going to be able to get it at a lower price than what the current owner has. And they they're feel confident that they're going to be able to keep those storefronts full. That's where I think people are going to have the problem. They might be able to buy low, but I don't think they're going to be able to keep those storefronts full, not for a while. Now, I might be wrong. I'm not a commercial guy. So there might be a commercial broker out there that tell me I'm full of it. And I wouldn't I would be open minded to listen. But I don't know. I just think the commercial market's going to be pretty weak. And I think that we're going to lose 20 to 30 percent of the businesses that had to shut down from COVID. Um, that's what I keep seeing between 20 and 30 percent. And that won't be good for anybody. So uh, anyway, so uh, that is kind of the have not side of this whole thing right now. Um, so we have a big have side. Sellers are selling at high, super high prices. Buyers are getting these super low interest rates. The ones that can afford a loan are getting super low interest rates and everything's going great for them and everybody's rocking and rolling. Then you got the have-nots and the have-nots are the people that have been furloughed. And because of their furlough, they can't take advantage of the good refi rates because they don't have reportable income right this second. Or they've been furloughed. And we found out right now, Johnny, that... Um, out of the last 23, uh, I'm sorry, out of the last 23 weeks, 22 weeks, we've had a million people claim new uninsurance benefits for the last 23 of the 22 of the 23 weeks yep. uh, since we started this COVID. Now, the one week that we didn't hit a million, it was 971,000. So to me, every month has been, you know, every week has been a million. So that comes up to about 23 million people that have lost their job during uh, COVID. And right now they think that only about half of them have gotten their jobs back. But this is what I found was really surprising, Johnny, was that this is the thing that was really surprising to me is that uh, of the people that got their jobs back, 47% of those lays, laid off are still furloughed, right? Uh, um, but 10, 47% of the people that are coming back are, um, let me see, I got that right, wrong, I'm sorry. 25% of the people that were hired back from their employer got uh, their wages slashed by 10% or more. Oh, yeah, so I believe it. Jobs back, but they're also getting a job uh, benefit reduction. So we're going to go through some bumpy roads, and I think what's going to happen is, is that we're going to have a have and have not situation. Some people are going to get through this relatively unscathed. Those people are either independently wealthy. They were in a job that God, you know, thank God for them that COVID didn't really affect them much. And they're just rocking along and they're able to take advantage of all the great things that are happening in the real estate market if they want to. They were then, essential. Right. And then you're going to, well, not even just the essentials. There's some uh, jobs like, for example, real estate. Well, they did, I guess they did count as essential, but, um, you know, to me, real estate really wasn't a COVID-impacted situation. Um, even though we were considered essential, I kind of was on the fence about that a little bit. But the bottom line was is that um, some people are going to get through this okay, and some people are really going to have some struggles. 
Uh, so be very careful about where you are with your mortgage payments. If you're in forbearance and you don't have any idea how you're going to get a job in order to pay once the forbearance is over, you need to pick up the phone and call us now so that you can make a plan ahead of time. I'm not asking you to do anything right now. We need to have a plan so that if you don't get a new job or if the employer doesn't bring you back and you've gone through the CARES Act and then you still can't afford to make your payment, you could be in big trouble and we might be able to help you with that. We're going to figure out every government program that's out there to help you and then some. And the good news is a lot of people today are not upside down. That's the really, really good news of this. Some of the people, it's going to be very sad. They're going to lose some of their equity for the missed payments that they had. But a lot of them aren't going to be walking away from their houses without a check in their hand uh, and being kicking and screaming, uh, selling the house for no money just so they can walk away from the debt. I don't think we're going to see that, but we're going to see some bumps in the road. So it's really going to be a have and have not market. It's uh, interesting. Jim, the uh, we talked about Matt earlier. Matt is going to be a seller buyer, um, but he's something through this whole thing has as they made a decision with their family. Like, hey, you know what? We're we're going to downsize. They're actually selling at the top, and then they're moving into something that's going to uh, result in a, a lower monthly obligation for them. Uh, just because they, I don't, I don't think he was really impacted from an uh, an income perspective. But he, it made him take a look at it, right? It made him take a look at a hard look at the budget and say, you know what? We're paying too much. I want to pay less per month. How can we do that? And uh, that's what uh, you know prompted them to make that call to Jim. So uh, a lot of the seller buyers, it's not always an upward movement, right? You're not always going from to the to the next big thing. So um, yeah, I, I think Jim, you're right. There's there's people who uh, they they need to take a hard a hard look at where are they going to be coming out of that forbearance period? You know, it's right now it's a maximum of a year. It seems like a long time, but um, you know, if your income situation has really changed, if you're, you're, you still have job uncertainty, uh, good time to think about that before you really get in trouble on your, on your house. What, what, what do you, what are your, what are your thoughts as you look in the crystal ball, Jimmy D, Jim DePolo with Keller Williams Preferred Partners, top producing Keller Williams team he's got there. What are your thoughts on the effects of the uh, loss of revenue for so many homeowners that are landlords? What do you think about this snowball effect as we just keep seeing more and more support? from state and local government to say, no, we're not going to make people, we're not going to evict them. We're not going to, we're not going to make them pay their rent. Uh, how long, how long can this survival rate continue for the, you say have and have nots, these haves turn into have nots really quickly if they don't get the income that they were depending on. Yeah. And you know, there's this perception that, you know, these landlords are the big, rich fat cat kind of people. And that isn't really, the case. I mean, there are those big, huge corporations that have tons of rental properties or have a big, large rental complex. But there's many, many millions and millions of people that are living in quadruplexes, duplexes, you know, triplexes that just mom and pop people bought and they were using it for their long term retirement re investment and things like that. And now they need that money. They were counting on that money for income for themselves. And well, now, they might have they might have used the perceived income from the tenants as part of the qualification for the loan. They literally might need every penny to get by. Mike talks about all the time. Uh, 
one of the things we talk about when you buy multifamily properties, like when you're an FHA buyer, which is a first time home buyer, yes, you could buy duplexes, triplexes, quadruplexes with this money. But Mike always says, look, we're going to be able to count projected income from these rental units to offset um, your debt to income ratio. However, you got to remember that even though that if you keep everything fully rented, your mortgage payment is going to be very low. But if everybody left, you have to carry that mortgage payment, the whole thing, whether your renters are giving you money or not. So you really have to be prepared for times like this. And I'm so torn, Johnny, like what you said, what's going to happen. I really, the Swami really doesn't know and doesn't have an opinion. And the reason why I don't have an opinion, this isn't an uncharted territory. I've never seen where the federal government tells landlords, private individuals, um, how they're able to run their business. And, um, but I understand the reasoning behind it. I totally understand it because we have so many, what are they saying? They're thinking that there's uh, 6 million people that are at risk of becoming evicted is what Paul Krasker said to us yeah. a couple of shows ago across the nation. Once this uh, forbearance uh, on the rent goes away. So I really don't know what's going to happen. I really don't have an idea. I think what's going to happen is, is according to Paul, that all these landlords are geared up and ready to file those eviction notices. They have the paperwork written. The stuff has been filed with the court. The yep. court is not allowing them to proceed through the system yet. Once they say, yeah, you can do that, I think it's going to be like opening up a faucet. Yep. And it's going to get pretty full pretty fast. This stuff is going to start squirting out. But I also think what's going to happen is, a lot of the landlords that weren't really making good money, Mike, how many times did we see landlords where they're like, yeah, I'm doing an investment property. It was barely right side up or, or very little upside down. And they were making like a hundred bucks a month profit. And I yeah. always said, Hey, look, if you get a bump in the road, that hundred dollars a month profit that you think you're making on the property, it's going to go away so fast. And you might owe, you might be behind for five years making up that money over time. And uh, I think this is the time where when I was saying, hey, you got to worry about things like this. This is where I think some of the landlords are going to go, hey, I can't hold on anymore. And uh, and this would be the best time if, if you felt that way. In a lot of ways, this would be the best time to take advantage of the market to sell, 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 even if you have the tenant in there. And especially if you have a single family home or a townhome, or a condo, it isn't like a multifamily complex, and you're only making a hundred bucks a month or hundred fifty dollars a month uh, profit on paper. This would be a really good time to say, you know what, I'm going to sell it to Pake, get rid of this, save my money, go do the refi uh, again. Jim, I got a question for the mortgage guy, Mike Rao, the mortgage guy from the mortgage firm. Mike, so Hold on, I have an intruder in my house. Yes, I saw that. Is that Dave? <laughs> Yeah, it's my brother Dave. Hey, Dave, I said hello. <laughs> it's my other brother Dave. <laughs> um, it, let, let me let me ask you this because I'm thinking about it as as Jim's talking. So there's a quadplex, and uh, the the seller lives there, and they got three tenants, and they haven't been paying rent through the pandemic, and um, and the the owners got they got they got to get this this quadplex on the market because they they cannot afford to carry this anymore. If I if I'm interested in this quadplex, even though we have tenants in there who aren't paying rent 
do I still get to count that as assumed income towards ah, the hospital loan? Because we, we we know that income ain't coming in. Um. So the, I guess the, the short answer is yes. So you're not uh, when you're when you're buying a property, the existing leases are not what determines the rental income that we use for qualification. What we use is the appraiser's opinion of market rent. And so the appraiser, of course, is looking at existing leases. Uh, I doubt that they're analyzing the payment history uh, on those tenants, but they're essentially saying, what is the market rent now? You did make me think of an interesting predicament where if you can't evict somebody, what happens when ownership changes and ah, the new owners right. want to get new tenants in there? What are their options? That's well, a good that's, question. For Paul that's what, um, well, know. actually, that's what I thought Johnny was going to. I thought well, I was, I was going there. I was going there next, but Mike's a thinker. He went there immediately. Yeah, yeah. So. so the yeah. answer to that is a realtor. I guess I can answer this a little bit. Um, I'm not an attorney, but the short answer is I believe when you um, – when you uh, turn in an as-is contract, when you're buying a property, one of the things that you have to put in is that the property is currently occupied by the owner or currently occupied by a tenant. And the reason why you have to disclose that is that if it's being rented out, the buyer has a right to look at any paperwork for the lease and review the leases and the escrow deposits that are being held to determine that would be a condition on that they want to review during the inspection period to see if they want to move forward on the property. So having uh, two tenants that aren't paying because of the CARES Act, right, uh, that can materially affect the value of the property. But because the lease is in effect, when you buy a property, if the lease is legal and in effect, the new owner has to carry on with that lease. They can't just, from my understanding, just break the lease because the lease is legal. So when you're buying the house, as long as the lease is legal, and in effect, you have to take on those terms. Huh. And, and it's even, uh, Jim, you know, so there's a, a section of the as-is contract that basically says, is this uh, property going to be vacant when it's sold, or is it going to be subject to leases? So even if the current owners make a mistake, or your listing agent makes a mistake, if there are leases in place, it doesn't matter what they put on the contract, right? You, you still have to go by the terms of those leases. So you can't, mm -hmm. you can't get around from that. Now, most owners will have the opportunity per the terms of the lease, I guess, to give notice, right? Jim, if, if, if ownership changes hands, you can give notice and say, essentially, you need to, to be out. But if you can't evict them, like if they're just going to stay put and they're going to be firm and say, well, you can't kick us out, right? You, the, you can't, even if you wanted to, you can't evict us. Uh, it's an interesting one. It's, a, it's something to really think about when you're. Yeah, I, I just I just sold a duplex like three months ago up in Stewart, where both people in the duplex were not paying because they were furloughed, and we sold the property to a pretty professional investor that probably had 50, 60 properties. I don't even know if he was able to evict those people if they're still there. They might still be there because they were not um, happy that the unit was being sold anyway. So they were very uncooperative during the showings and things like that. Uh, so I don't know what happened. And that investor still might have those tenants not paying and in that property, which is really not usual for investors when they buy the property. They want to hit the ground running, fix it up really fast, get on the market, get the highest rent possible. The other thing I don't know what's going to happen, Johnny, is uh, um, 
what I don't understand what's going to happen is, you know, when these people do get evicted, they're going to have to go somewhere. Yep. They're going to have to rent again, but I don't I know how say, that's going to work. My outlook on, on just the investment market is not down. I'm, I, I think it's up simply because when you have a very hot real estate market, uh, low inventory, that people need to rent. There are just people out there that, that have to rent. They can't buy and, and people who will pay the rent. It's not like everybody's not paying their rent. Um, so I, I'm pretty, I think, bullish, Jim, on, on investment market um, because there's renters out there. It's a hot rental market, too. Yeah. I'm, I'm just wondering if rental rates are going to drop because people just can't afford. Yeah. Because uh, we've had extremely high rental rates. How many times have I said on this show that the Miami market per capita uh, is the most expensive or South Florida market, not just Miami, but it's the um, South Florida market is the most expensive per capita rental rate in the nation, beating out San Francisco and New York, which just boggles my mind. Somehow right? we just we need to turn in these these commercial office spaces into resident as an into residential space. That's that's what's got to happen. Like, you know, cheap residential, you know, individual unit uh, type uh changeovers you not like you know they used to convert like apartments to condos you know something like that office building to residential space that, that might go. you'd be surprised but that might happen as long as the zoning's okay people might have those plans for sure um i wanted to get into the bidding war stuff though because we got about we only got like five or six minutes left so let me get into a little bit about the bidding war um stuff because i had promised um, look, the bidding the bidding war stuff is crazy right now. So there was an article I read that had um, some pretty good information in here. So I wanted to uh, uh, where did this uh, article come from? I'm sorry, hold on here. You're losing time, Jim. Yes, I am. Click, 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 click for the or tick, 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 tick. So um, some of these techniques I've used in the past, and some I haven't. So I thought it's very interesting. So the first, our first tip about trying to win a bidding war is that if you're not cash, make sure your financing is lined up rock solid. So what do I mean by rock solid? Mike, if somebody is doing um, uh, a loan with you, when you go through the approval process, you pretty much go through every piece of paper that's needed to go through the process before they, we get in the car and start driving around, right? Yeah, I mean, you have to, in my position, I have to know with my responsibility to uh, the buyers, to the agents, to the sellers, to make sure that we can actually close, right? I don't want to get into a contract that can't close. So I do everything in my power to know as early as possible that we can actually close within the terms of, of the anticipated contract. That That's so important because um, you'd be surprised at how many people don't have that thorough of a check. And there's a lot of buyer's agents that aren't trained. They're just so happy that they're working with somebody. They don't ask a lot of questions about the mortgage process, which I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's true. So make sure that your financing is rock solid. And what do we mean by rock solid? I don't mean pulling out your computer and clicking the button eight times, and then they tell you have a loan. Really? And, and if you really pre approval letter. Yeah, and then you get in a pre-approval letter, and then you got the weak agent driving around all over God's creation with you. When well, really Jim, you gotta go, you gotta go get your uh, score boosted by pushing a button real quick first, don't you? For you to do that <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, do that first, right? Boost my so, score, and then just go click a couple buttons to get my loan. Yeah. So come on, also, guys. I'll, one more thing on that, Jim. Um, 
there, if you've been told no by somebody, that doesn't always mean no. Okay, so even if somebody, another uh, company or loan originator has said, listen, you can't do it, sometimes that means you can't do it. Sometimes there's things that were missed. So um, definitely get a couple opinions. Uh, don't go off the first one. Unless yes. the first one, if I tell you no, then it's probably not, <laughs> not happening. <laughs> but, but that's true. Just because you got a no doesn't mean it's an absolute no. It just means no for that one particular company. We can work on that. Here's, here's one of the other tips that they use. It's called an escalation clause. Now, I call this my ceiling and my floor um, because I, I, I do this at a, at a one meta level higher than this escalation clause. But um, some of the other um, hot markets, what the agents are doing right now is they know that the house is going to sell above list price and they know it's going to be a competitive offer. So what they do is, is they comp the neighborhood to make sure that they really have an idea of what the upper limit of that house is really worth even if it's above list price. So let's say that the house is on the market for 500, but we think that the house may appraise at, let's say 540, okay? Um, what you can do is, is you could turn in a contract that basically says, look, I'm gonna give you full list price, but I'm gonna give you an escalation clause that will go up to 540, and then it's gonna cap at that point, which means don't come back to me to ask me if you want to counter up. I'll automatically counter anybody that counters me up to 540. Okay. Now we have a thing called a floor on that too, which I'm not going to get into the show because that's my special tool in my toolbox. But this is a way, I also call this the Mao. Johnny, do you know what my Mao is? Do you remember Mao? Uh, I, 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 are you saying Mao? Yeah. You did, didn't I mention this on the air before? The Mao. Um, we did with Steve and Carla. Um, when they bought their house. It's called the Maximum Allowable Offer. Mao, your Mao. What's your Mao, right? So we I, also call it the Maui Wowie. I, so we, I was thinking communist China for some reason. As well. Oh, no, I, I always think of, well, you know, because of me, I'm thinking Maui Wowie. So the thing, <laughs> the thing is, is that um, you really need to know what your maximum allowable offer is and then don't offer a penny more than that. And what is your maximum allowable offer? Hey, I'm willing to pay this amount, but if it's one penny more, I don't want the property. Don't even want to think about it again. It's dead to me. Let's move on. Okay. That's your maximum allowable offer. What's your not maximum allowable offer? Hey, I'll turn in 500. I'll go up to 525. Then the house sells for 526. And then you're slamming the hand on the table going, darn, I would have paid 526. Well, 525 wasn't your maximum allowable offer. So you got to be honest with yourself and your agent and then come up with a plan and then stick to it. That doesn't mean to pay your maximum allowable offer, but you'd be willing to pay it in order not to lose the house, right? Yeah, so in this, in this case, if you're doing it at 500, every time they're going to come up in price without you talking about it, they have to show you something that the other people bid higher than you, okay? Uh, so that's another thing. Another thing that you could do is call was cover the appraisal gap. Some people, and we just had this with that detached building where the owners, the buyers of the property said that if the house didn't appraise, they would give us X amount of dollars above appraised value, no matter what the house appraised at. Um, hey, so Jim? that yes. Uh, have a great weekend, my friend. We're oh, out of here. So yeah, that's all right. Hey, uh, FloridaTalkRealEstate.com. Jim DePola, I know you're busy. Have a great weekend. Mike Rao, the mortgage guy from The Mortgage Firm, do the same, please. 
at Roscoe Marinette's Brent Wynn Juno Beach. Always good to see you, my friend. Have have a great weekend. Thanks for being with us. Next Saturday, we're back at it, 9 a.m. Florida Talk Real Estate. That's a dot com. One stop real estate shop. Locker room is next. Thanks for being with us. Have a great weekend.